With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot, and this is another Hey Mary Kay edition of the podcast. We're going to get caught up on some of the news and happenings surrounding the Browns uh, over the last few days. So, Mary Kay, let's get right to it. Let's start with the news that seemed to make everyone's night last night. Uh, Josh Dobbs is back. He will be the backup quarterback to Deshaun Watson. So, Hey Mary Kay. Are you surprised at all that the Browns chose to bring back Josh Dobbs as their backup? Not really surprised because there had been some rumblings that uh, Josh could be on his way back. And of course, uh, everyone in the building really liked him last year. His teammates really liked him a lot. And one of the most important things to take into account is the fact that he is very, very close friends with Deshaun Watson. These guys have been working out together since they were in high school in Atlanta with their private quarterbacks coach, Quincy Avery. They're very, very good friends. And I used a quote in my um, in my story today from Quincy Avery saying that, um, that these guys have probably worked out together more than any other NFL combo of, of two quarterbacks. So, you know, that's, that's pretty significant. Uh, so I think that, you know, Deshaun will have, a friend and a confidant in the room, as well as the Browns will have somebody that can come in and back him up. The question of course is how good of a backup is he? And we don't know the answer to that. We don't know. I mean, we saw him come in and play two games last year for the Titans. Wasn't able to win either one of those, but he did some good things. Um, He had a touchdown and an interception in each game, lost both games. Uh, he fumbled in the second game. It was kind of a costly fumble that that cost them the game and uh, and thus the playoffs. So we really don't know, uh, you know, if if he can come in and start 11 games in the event that Deshaun Watson gets injured early on in the season. Uh, but I suppose they can cross that bridge when they come to it. You know, I'm curious, how do you, I think backup quarterback is one of the weirdest NFL backup quarterback is one of the weirdest positions in sports because like you don't want to have to use them, especially if you have a guy like a Deshaun Watson or Mahomes or, I mean, some of the names you hear as backup quarterbacks are just bizarre, you know, like Chad Henney, um, you know, I mean, we can go through a list. There's just so many rant. Colt McCoy has been around forever as a backup. Now um, the, the things teams look for in backups are really, really interesting. W- what do you think is, 
obviously winning games, being able to come in and win games is important, but what else do you think really matters at that position? Well, I do think that you want to have some carryover from your starter to your backup. I don't think you want to be reinventing the wheel when your backup comes in. You want to have somebody that can run all the plays that your starter can run. And we obviously know, of course, that Deshaun Watson is very mobile and the same thing with Joshua Dobbs. So they're, they're both very mobile. What Joshua Dobbs doesn't have is all that sensational arm talent that Deshaun Watson has. So he's not that, but you know, that's something that if he works really, really hard with Alex Van Pelt, he can get better in that regard. He can continue to improve. So I think he's in a good spot for development and for getting better. Um, but I think the other thing that you look for in a backup is the ability to, uh, to be a support system and to be, you know, companionship and confidant and those kinds of things to your starter. I do think that there is something to be said for that. And I know for sure that Joshua Dobbs is that. So very well liked in the locker room, very well liked by the staff, um, beloved by his dear friend, Deshaun Watson, and a developmental guy that, you know, let's see what he can do if the chips are down. Yeah, it feels like a position built so much just on trust. Like, do you trust that person? Um, and, you know, we remember when Kevin first got here, he brought in a guy that he knew that he had coached that that he seemed to trust in Case Keenum. And, uh, you know, and then, they, of course, they went in a different direction, probably for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, but there isn't a lot of change when a guy like Josh Dobbs comes in. And, of course, Jacoby Brissett, they needed him to start. So they went with the guy that, they, that could be a reliable starter for however many games they needed. But it does really seem like trust is the most important thing. Does everybody in that building from the coaching staff down to the starting quarterback, do they all trust each other? Yeah. And you know what? I mean, look, when you look at like a San Francisco, they put Brock Purdy in there and right. And, and he won games for them. So you never really know what a guy is going to do until he gets his chance until he gets his opportunity. And I do think it's very difficult to judge a quarterback on getting thrown in late in the season, not being around all year, you know, that's a tough gig, right? I mean, he wasn't with the Titans all season and here he is finding himself starting two really important games in week 17 and week 18, right? I mean, season on the line, playoffs on the line, that's really tough. Um, but being here from the start and having a chance to really hone in on the offense and getting to understand it and get a feel for it for the second straight year, really, you know, that should really help him. So, you know, I mean, he looked good when he played in preseason last year. He fared well. People were excited about him. There were times last year, and I, I'm guilty of this, uh, you know, where we talked about, hey, should there be a package of plays in? And this was while Jacoby was playing. Should there be a package of plays in for Jacoby Brissett? I mean, for Joshua Dobbs. And I thought there should be uh, because I thought he did some really cool things with with his legs, with his mobility that you necessarily couldn't do with Jacoby. So in, in that instance, I thought it was a good idea. Now, when Deshaun's playing, no, I'm, I'm not a, you know, platooning your quarterbacks when you've got an elite quarterback in place. But when you need to win a football game and you need, you need to do something a little creative, I would have been all for it. I was with you on that. Um, and by the way, just just so we know, Joshua Dobbs is going to take the, the nation by storm after the Hall of Fame game. It, it's that's the first NFL game everybody gets to watch. It's on a Thursday night. Uh, everybody's going to be watching. Josh Dobbs is probably going to be the starter in that game. 
and he's just going to take the nation by storm that day. It's going to be, it's going to be a big, a big night for, uh, for Josh Dobbs. Remember the show he put on in the preseason last year. It was, it was exciting for sure. Okay. So the biggest headline Browns related today, at least as of recording this at about three 30, uh, on, uh, what day is it? It's Tuesday, right? Yeah. Three mm-hmm. 30 on Tuesday, uh, Marquise Goodwin visiting the Browns. The, the visit started Monday night. It's wrapping up today your very first line in your story, the lead to your story, the Browns may have found at least one way to satisfy their need for speed. So Goodwin blazing fast at the combine. That was of course, 10 years ago, but uh, he's still been a guy that's bounced around has always found a home has always been moderately productive wherever he's gone. 47 catches the last two years, close to actually right at 700 yards. If I'm, if I'm doing the math, right, the last two years combined. So this wouldn't be the big name addition, but I'm intrigued at least. I, I think I, I'm a big advocate of just throwing bodies at this position. I'd, I'd like a significant addition, but I'm also an advocate of like, just throw people at it as well. Don't just, don't just add one guy and be happy. If, if you can get a guy like a Marquise Goodwin and he can have some good games for you and add some speed, I'd, I'd be all for that. Yeah, and you know, usually you don't bring a guy in unless you intend to sign him. I mean, now sometimes you want to go and do, you know, the physical and make sure all of that stuff is good, but generally like they did with Jordan Aikens, the tight end, uh when you, at this point when you're bringing a guy in, uh you're, you know, you're pretty intent on signing them. And I agree with you. I think that they need some veteran bodies in there. I think they need a couple more guys that uh, you know, that can just be reliable targets. And of course, when you have that much needed speed, it's hard to find. Uh, but when you, you know, when you have that speed and you can throw somebody out on the field that can stretch a defense and scare a defense a little bit uh, with legs like that, then, you know, I think, you know, I'm all for that too. So again, he hasn't been super productive over his career, but he's been serviceable. He's had a lot of injuries uh, that have hampered him. But for the most part, I think, you know, it would be a good acquisition and I wouldn't be surprised if over the next, you know, how many, 24 hours or so we hear that they're signing him. Okay. So here is my question related to the receiver position. We spent a lot of time on this yesterday, but it's, it's a topic that everybody wants to talk about. So we're going to, we're going to keep at it here. Uh, Brandon cooks off the board, obviously went to Dallas. It sounds like Deandre Hopkins, at least at this point is a little bit of a pipe dream. So my question here is, Hey, Mary Kay, is Jerry Judy the big fish that the Browns are waiting for? Well, you know what? I addressed this a little bit in my uh, Hey, Mary Kay column uh, for Sunday. And, you know, I would think that out of the receivers that are still potentially available, that, that he would be somebody that they would be interested in. And again, when I throw some of these things out there, a lot of these things, you know, some of these things are because I talked to certain people and I found certain things out. Um, and some of them are just a gut feeling. Um, so I really do believe that the Browns are interested in Jerry Judy. I have been told that the Broncos really are not motivated to move him. And if they do, they really want a first round pick. Will they come off of that? I don't know. I don't know if they will or if they won't. And if they don't, would they be willing to take one way down the road? And would the Browns be willing to give up one way down the road? I doubt it. I don't think they're going to want to go four years without a first round pick. 
because obviously they're in the second of three years without one because of the Deshaun Watson trade. So I, I don't think they're going to want to do that. But maybe you could give up 42 and something else. Maybe you give up 42 and another player of some sort. I, you know, I, I don't know exactly how you would craft the deal, but I think it's something that they probably have kicked the tires on and explored and that they will continue to do that. Um, I never thought from the very beginning that they were uh, all about DeAndre Hopkins. And I've been writing that consistently. Having said that, I don't think you can rule him out either. Right now, I don't think you can really rule anyone out because what if you try really hard to get Jerry Judy and it doesn't work out, then you have to start thinking about Odell Beckham Jr. and DeAndre Hopkins potentially. So I, I just don't think anything is completely off the table yet. It feels like we're sort of at that point here in, in free agency where that first wave is over, obviously. Um, the, the owners meetings are next week, correct? I have that right? Yes. Yeah, so Sunday. Yeah, we yeah. live on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So the owners meetings are next week. We're sort of in that period where there's certainly going to be some movement. And, you know, like we just talked about, Marquise Goodwin is visiting and there's certainly some opportunities there. But I, I just wonder if we're sort of in that waiting game moment of the free agency trading period where it's like, OK, this is what Denver wants for Jerry Judy, but I don't know if they're going to get it. So let's just sort of wait this out. And, and see, you know, maybe eventually it's like, okay, yeah, 42 sounds a lot better than it did a week ago or two weeks ago. Maybe it gets to that point. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of it. I don't think they want to give up the farm to get a player by the, like that. And I don't think the Broncos are motivated to move him unless uh, they are blown away by the offer. Uh, so, you know, they're kind of probably doing that that tango or that dance a little bit in this regard. Um, but you know, I, and I, I still need to do a little bit of a receiver reset on some of these guys and where they all sort of stand with the Browns right now. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think that they are clamoring to get something done with Deandre Hopkins right away, but I've been writing that for a while. Um, I, Elijah Moore, he's somebody that I, I wrote that I thought they should try to trade for. I haven't really heard anything about that. I mean, I, you know, I didn't get any like one way or the other. Oh, that's dumb or, <laughs> or that's the smartest thing we've ever heard. I, I there there's, that's just quiet. I don't think the Jets really want to trade him. Uh, so, you know, it does take two to tango. Uh, but, you know, again, there are a number of guys still out there, but I don't think the Browns are desperate to get one. Well, that's the other thing too. There's also this holding pattern with a guy like Elijah Moore, because Aaron Rodgers isn't there yet. Right. We're still, I mean, I don't know how long has it been since he went on the Pat McAfee show sometime last week. I mean, that, that deal still isn't done. So, you know, what if Aaron Rodgers really loves Elijah Moore <laughs> or right. what if Elijah Moore needs to be in that package to get Aaron Rodgers to New York? I mean, there's so many variables and just in that alone, like, it almost I, I don't think that's holding everything up, but at least with Elijah Moore, maybe that's something where when that deal finally gets done, if it actually does get done, maybe that's an opportunity where Elijah Moore suddenly becomes available. Right. And what if they acquire Randall Cobb and Odell Beckham Jr.? You know, that kind of opens a few other things up in terms of some of the current Jets receivers. So I do think there's a little bit of a, you know, a, a little dance going on here while these guys figure out what's going on. We've already heard um, Aaron Rodgers 
state that he would love to have Odell Beckham Jr. Who wouldn't? So, yeah, I, I think that the Browns are still going to end up with a really good, fast receiver, but I just don't know which one it's going to be yet. Okay, so one more receiver question here. Is there a chance that, I mean, what, what do you think realistically are the chances that maybe the additions are just guys like Marquise Goodwin or, you know, some of these guys that aren't like the bigger names and that when, when we do show up to training camp, it's Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and then guys like Goodwin, David Bell, Michael Woods. Is, could that realistically be what they do at receiver? Yes, it, that realistically could be what they do. And then, of course, uh, I think we can reasonably believe that they would then try to draft a receiver uh, that would kind of come up behind a like a, a Marquise Goodwin. And as far as Marquise is concerned, at least it gives you that element of speed that you can use when you need it, right? So you know you have that. If you if you sign him, at least you're not bereft of speed. And when you when you're going up against certain defenses and you need that kind of a matchup, you can get it. You can throw him out there. And he's reliable. He's experienced. He's been around for a long time. And you know, you're not going to get 60 catches out of him. But if you get 30 good receptions out of him, that might be just enough to get the job done. So uh, yes, I think there is a world in which they kind of piece it together like that. Okay, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get into some more needs and some more questions here on another Hey Mary Kay edition of the Orange Brown Talk podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And welcome back to the Orange Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot, a Hey Mary Kay edition of the pod here on a Tuesday. Uh, So Ashley puts up a story today. What are the Browns? biggest needs or biggest remaining needs after the first week of free agency. I think we can all agree that wide receiver is probably the top answer. So my question based off that is, Hey, Mary Kay outside of receiver. What do you think is the Browns biggest remaining need after a week of free agency? You know, I'll tell you, I guess I would probably point to linebacker. Maybe. I mean, I have to wonder there are a number of guys coming off of injuries and um, you know, we don't know exactly when Sayoni Takitaki will be ready to play. We know that Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, he's coming off of a foot injury, but uh, from everything I've heard, he should be okay. And then Jacob Phillips is coming off of a pec injury and they're expecting him back too. But because these guys are all kind of coming off some significant injuries, you know, you might want a little bit, of an insurance policy there. So that's one area that if someone came available in the second wave or the third wave at a nice bargain basement price that you might go ahead and add a veteran. Now, one that's also available and still out there is Anthony Walker Jr. He's going to be finishing up his visit with the commanders today. Some of that is to get to set the market price and see what he can get out there. And then once he knows what his value is, 
uh, then he can come back and decide what he is willing to accept perhaps from the Cleveland Browns. So uh, he's somebody else that could come back, but you know, I still think that that's one position where they could probably use another really healthy body. Okay. There's nothing more exciting than special teams talk, but speaking of linebackers, I do at least want to bring, uh, bring these two guys up. Matthew Adams uh, signed today with the Browns and then cornerback Mike Ford uh, previously reported on Monday, officially signed on Tuesday. And the only reason I, I bring this up is because these are two guys that, um, have really thrived on special teams. You know, Mike Ford, I actually looked at the replies of uh, Mike Ford's tweet yesterday, his dog pound tweet. And there, there were Atlanta fans that loved him as a special teamer. So um, that was interesting. It seems like, uh, it seems like Matthew Adams is coming here as a special teamer. They'll both get opportunities to compete. That's how it works. And, and maybe earn some time at, at their actual positions. But I guess what does it tell you that you're seeing the Browns kind of aggressively add some players who at least initially look like they're, they're bringing them in to play special teams. Well, welcome Bubba Ventrone to Cleveland, right? I mean, you know, he's got to have some good players if the Cleveland Browns are going to improve their special teams. And I'm sure during the interview process that he had to have been assured that he's going to get some guys added to the arsenal so that he can bolster these lackluster special teams. You need enforcers. You need guys uh, that play with a certain passion and energy and fire the way that Bubba did when he was here. And I also looked up Mike Ford a little bit yesterday and I watched an, an interview with him. I think it might've been on the Falcons website actually. And he does seem like that guy, that special teams ace that brings the juice, that gets the crowd fired up, that gets his teammates fired up. And that's what special teams is all about. It's about an energy. It's about a want to. It's about, you know, hustling down to make that tackle or make that block or return or whatever. Um, you know, you need to have a certain kind of mentality to make special teams good. And, uh, and Bubba knows what it takes. I'm sure he probably had some familiarity with a Mike Ford. If he didn't, then I think he can, you know, take a page out of his own playbook and say, this guy's like me, right? Like he's just going to get everybody fired up about this. And uh, so I think that's going to be a really good acquisition as are some of the others. And, and I think that Bubba deserves to have that influx of new talent. It is just this, this crazy mentality. And that's one of the things going back to a guy that played with Bubba, Josh Cribbs. Um, you know, he was a guy that obviously is known for his return ability. Um, and, and that's, what he's you know that's what kind of made him who he was but he was pretty great in coverage too and he just sort of had that mentality and had that like that dog in him to, to be a special teamer it was I mean it just takes something a little bit different to be one of those gunners or, or be one of those guys that has to run down and cover a kick absolutely 100 percent. it's the element that really kind of has been missing on these special teams you know there just has been a fire that hasn't been there. I mean, you know, we've seen, like you said, the, the Josh Cribs and the Phil Dawson's and the, and the Bubba Ventrones and way, way, way back in the day, the Bill Cowers running down the sidelines and, you know, they need some of some energy like that. They need to get the ball in a great position for the offense. Um, they need to get the ball back for the, you know, for the offense at, at times. 
So, you know, I just think they're going in the right direction in terms of uh, bringing the heat on special teams. Okay, I want to ask about another signing because you didn't actually get to talk about this signing last week when it happened because you had to jump off the podcast. So it was just Ashley and me talking about this signing. And that, of course, is the addition of Jordan Aikens, the tight end who knows Deshaun Watson well. Uh, So I'm going to keep this question really simple. Hey, Mary Kay, what were your thoughts on the Jordan Aikens edition? You know, my first thought, Dan, was anybody that can score five touchdowns, which is the total of David Njoku and Harrison Bryant together from last year, anybody that can get in the end zone and catch five touchdown passes, that's very valuable. You know, you can do a lot of things well, but if you don't have a nose for the end zone, then you know, I think then your value decreases. Guys that have a nose for the end zone and can catch touchdown passes, I think are are very, very valuable. You have to be able to score the football. Now, these five touchdown passes were, you know, that was like a career high for him. And it was a little, you know, it was a little fluky. So he's going to have to see if he can bring that forward and do that same kind of thing on a regular basis here with Deshaun Watson. The opportunities, I think, are going to be there. I think he'll have a chance to, you know, serve at least some of the time as the number two tight end behind David Njoku. And uh, I think it's a chance for him to kind of put himself on the map a little bit. And anybody that has spent three years playing with Deshaun Watson, that's going to count for something too. Deshaun is going to look for guys that have natural chemistry with him. And Jordan Akins brings that. And it's in the red zone where that stuff shows up more than any place because Mm -hmm. things are so compact and you have to move a little quicker. And so just having a guy who knows where, knows where to go, you know, where he's going to be and you know, he's going to make the play for you. That, that sort of chemistry doesn't just develop overnight. So having someone who Deshaun has done that with before um, I I think really matters. And, you know, now I wonder kind of what it means for Harrison Bryant. I don't think he's going to get waived or anything, but now there's, there's a real battle there for, for that tight end two spot. Yeah. And you know what? We all know what happens when there's a battle. It usually brings out the best in both guys or how many ever guys that you have fighting for that spot. Uh, but I do think that it will make both of them better in camp. And, and I think that, that Jordan's really going to press him for reps and for playing time uh, because of that natural chemistry with Deshaun. And he needs as much of that as he can possibly get. Okay, I think that's everything from uh, our recent headlines here. You can find those at cleveland.com slash Browns. If they have a subscriber exclusive tag on them, you just have to become a Football Insider subscriber to read those. You also get a newsletter delivered every single day written by uh, a member of our Browns reporting team, and you can become one of our text subscribers as well. Uh, Again, that's just cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get info and get signed up. And of course, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Rate and review us. Good stuff. Say nice stuff about us. We always like to read that. Uh, Mary Kay, I'll talk to you later. Sounds great.